From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you very much. I am the aforementioned Mike. Thank you for listening. Happy 4th of July weekend. Recording this uh, Sunday night, third. You might hear the occasional pop outside my window. Uh, due to the fact that I live kind of close to the country, hear all sorts of boomers. In fact, uh, neighbors are firing off fireworks uh, yesterday. <laughs> More on that in a minute. Uh, but uh, 4th of July is Monday, so happy 4th if you're listening beforehand, and hopefully if you're listening afterhand, you had a pretty good one. Uh, it looks like a lot of people are excited to celebrate it, as I mentioned my neighbors. And, and normally, here's the thing, like sometimes... You have the, maybe maybe you're guilty of this. Me, 95% of the time, not so much. But some people just bitch about the fact that, okay, I've been hearing fireworks for the last 10 days. You want to hear them 10 days after the 4th of July. Just shoot them off one night. Uh, the noise from the fireworks never really bothers me. Um, I've slept through some pretty hellacious thunderstorms. And my wife will wake up the next morning. Hey, did you hear that? Did you wake up at all? Hear what? That's kind of how I am with fireworks most of the time. Uh, last night, though, not really my neighbor's fault. They uh, they were at uh, one of the local Fourth uh, of July parades yesterday. They were in the parade, and uh, they had a, a little motorcycle get together at their place, and uh, you know, drinking, having fun, and they were firing off fireworks, which didn't bother me except for the fact that uh, well, we just we just got the kids back in the town. After spending a week at uh, my parents down in Martinsville, right? And this is the first time really Logan's paid attention to fireworks. So he was stirred by this. And Hazel did not want to go to bed. She wanted to go out and look at fireworks. And I'm trying to get them to bed so I can watch uh, Stranger Things, uh, the last two episodes. Because uh, I don't want to be that dad. It's like, oh yeah, I want to expose my kids to horror movies. Uh, I'd rather them stick with the, uh, the G-rated Disney set. And uh, no, no, they were... They wanted to stay up, and it was like, I was trying like hell to get them to bed. Uh, finally did, but it was like uh, 11 o'clock when I was able to watch uh, the second to last episode, which is an hour and a half, and I guess the uh, the final one is two hours long, and I won't we'll watch the next after my podcast, so no spoilers. Uh, I will dissect this maybe next week and compare it to Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, and also get hyped up about Better Call Saul resuming its final season so there's there's some tv to be talking about uh, but aside from my neighbors aside from me you know firing up the grill and enjoying the fourth of july weekend i think americans at large uh, despite all the crap that's been going around going on still love this friggin' holiday uh triple a i think earlier in the week estimated like 42 million americans hitting the road uh driving uh, 50 or more miles to celebrate. And I guess yesterday, picking up the kids would count. Because <laughs> we wanted to get them back here to celebrate the 4th. Uh, but that is saying something. Um, because, as you know, inflation's been a pain in the ass. Gas prices have been a pain in the ass. I think the average cost of the uh, 4th of July celebration is up 17% from last year. That ain't small. That ain't small at all. And people are still uh, finding ways to uh, to go out and celebrate. Maybe they cut back on the fireworks and go to a downtown show. Or maybe they just watch the neighbor's fireworks. Or maybe they go cheap on the hot dogs. I don't know. But the people are finding a way to celebrate America because uh, despite it all, it's still the greatest country on the planet. 
and I make no apologies for saying that at all. Uh, but with gas prices, I, here's my thing, because they say 42 million Americans, and I'm wondering how many more Americans would actually hit the road if gas prices were better. Uh, they have been going down. In fact, gas prices went down prior to the 4th of July weekend. Uh, so now you're only spending like four ninety five a gallon here in Northeast Indiana uh, if you want to go someplace. Yeah, well, you feel like a wealthy man with that, right? Uh, but gas prices were going down, which tells me, despite the fact you had so many people hitting the road, more could have hit the road. But again, prices are crippling some people's budgets, and I totally get it. But if you find a way to celebrate the 4th of July this week, uh, this weekend, go ahead and do it. Celebrate America's freedoms, because like I said, it is the best country on the planet. Possibly the best country ever, despite the government's stupidity. There's plenty of it. Um, I've, I've been looking on the internet the last week and a half, and everybody's got a different take on uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned, and I don't want to turn this into a pro-life versus pro-choice thing, um, I just, I just think with politics, nothing is truly ever over, and some people are saying, this is an all-right-out victory, this is a total defeat, uh, it's the Handmaid's Tale, God, I never get tired of hearing about that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just with politics, nothing's ever over, and and I don't think everything is uh, as bad as the media makes it out to be. But just two observations I will make about it, uh, you know, kind of a roundabout way, because I don't want to turn this into a big old debate, but uh, I've noticed with news stories, that uh, the number of vasectomy procedures have gone up dramatically since that was overturned. Uh, like one clinic out in L.A. said that uh, vasectomies went up 300%. One doctor, a urologist out in Iowa, said uh, his clinic has seen uh, vasectomies go up as much as 250%, so he's been busy grabbing and snipping sacks. Uh, one urologist, I forget where this was at, said... Their caseload went up 900%. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, and I think that's something like the pro-life and pro-choice crowd can uh, agree on. Like dudes that don't want to have kids, that don't want to knock up women, uh, are being responsible and finally getting the snip. And look, if you change your mind down the road, you can always get it reversed. I think you have like a 10-year waiting window. And for those that are saying, well, it might affect the performance. Yeah, if, if you get like a drunk ass to, to do it for you. Uh, I myself, after having three kids, you know, the, the, the Lana, the Hayes, the Logan, you know, my wife's like, okay, okay, this is enough. It's too loud in this house. I got snipped and I've had no performance issues. Finding the time with all these kids running around is a different thing, but no performance issues. So don't get that out of your head. Uh, if you don't want kids, dudes, uh, do the responsible thing for your lady. If she agrees not to have kids, just just go and get the snip done. That's that's one less thing to worry about. Another thing is uh, how melodramatic celebrities can be about this sort of thing. And what I mean by that is they want you to know that they care even though they, they live in mansions. And some, I mean, the takes they've had on this, mind-boggling. I think the worst one I have seen is uh, Chelsea Handler, alleged comedian. I guess she was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel the other night talking about it, and she's been quite vocal about the fact that she herself has had abortions. She's had two of them. And 
she's claiming that because she talks about these procedures that she's had done, that uh, the high school she went to, Livingston High School, New Jersey, uh, is keeping her out of the high school hall of fame there. And, and by the way, this is not a Catholic university. This is a public. Uh, not, this is a public high school, not a private high school. Sorry, I'm thinking university is being a little more distinguished in you know high school hall of fame. Uh, but the, uh, the Hall of Fame alumni from this high school include uh, Governor Chris Christie, who's gone, kind of gone back and forth on the pro-life, pro-choice thing. Because after all, I mean, he was a Republican that won out in New Jersey, but he also won a blue state. So it wasn't like he went full Oklahoma here. And uh, Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame, who is not really a conservative stalwart. So I really don't know what she's talking about when she says, oh, this is the reason why they're keeping her out. And the high school is saying, no, 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 this... It's a timing issue. We haven't gotten to you yet. But I'm just I'm just kind of taken aback by the fact that here's a 47-year-old grown-ass woman uh, on this uh, very important topic using this to show that her high school didn't love her. She's 47 years old and worth $35 million net worth. Thank you very much, Google.com. Uh, 47 years old. When I was 18 years old, I think I graduated 77th out of like 580-something graduates. I, if I had my choice, I would have just taken the diploma, not been there, and not gone because I was done with high school. This woman is 47 years old and using this hot-button topic to basically highlight how much the high school should love her. Ugh. This is that's That's textbook narcissism right there, man. There's something not right with her at all. And, uh, you know, the high school, if, if they want to drag their feet in inducting her, not necessarily because of her, her uh, stance on this topic, but just for the fact because she's Chelsea Handler, I can't blame her them. Oh, my God. But uh, that, that's about as much as I'm going to talk about on that topic, just uh, the, the vasectomies and uh, how much up her own butt Chelsea Handler is. All right, uh, speaking of up their butts, uh, guess who won? Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm not saying he's up his butt, but some of the musicians uh, up their own butts when it came to the whole Spotify fiasco. You remember uh, earlier in the year where Neil Young was uh, pissed off about Spotify streaming his music, and so he had him take it off? And he says, as long as Joe Rogan's there, I'm not going to be there. And, of course, uh, some other people joined him in protest, including his former bandmates, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash. Uh, earlier, uh, I think today, I think Deadline Hollywood reported that uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash are now back on Spotify. <laughs> uh, Neil Young, to his word, whatever you think about him, still not on. So, okay, I guess he's doing his thing. But those guys were like, yeah... Us too, Neil. And now uh, they have done an abrupt 180 because I guess they are desperate for royalties or something. Uh, they did say, you know what, you may not agree with them on this, but this is what they should have done from the word go. Uh, there was, they said that any revenue they get from the streaming or a portion of the revenue they get from streaming on Spotify will go to COVID-funded charities and the like. And I'm just thinking, why didn't you guys do that uh, when all this was happening? Instead of making it a, I'm taking my ball and go home type of thing. That was my thing with Neil Young. If you have a problem with what Joe Rogan says, uh, just do a protest song about how Joe Rogan's an idiot and your fans will lap it up and you'll get some money and be done with it. 
no, they had to make a big fuss about it. And everybody's talking about how Spotify was going to fail. And lo and behold, musicians are crawling back to Spotify. Joe Rogan went nowhere. And he's even said uh, he's gotten some offers to go to other platforms uh, when all this crap was going on. And he said, no, look, Spotify's been good to me. Um, and I'm going to stick with them. And I guess that relationship is working out a-okay. Uh, but it's always kind of funny when uh, people say that cancel culture doesn't exist. What you need to realize is cancel culture doesn't exist when it fails. So when Joe Rogan doesn't get taken off Spotify, it doesn't exist. When Dave Chappelle, uh, is, uh, his stuff doesn't get pulled from Netflix... Uh, it doesn't exist, and so on and so forth. There's always there's always going to be somebody that gripes about crap and uh, try to get things undone. But the thing is, that's not the way to get things done. If you got a counterpoint, make it known. Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, they're they're back on Spotify and they're doing what they should have done. Agree with them or disagree with them. And, and for the record. I don't agree with everything Joe Rogan says, but I stand with him on his right to say it. Because how else are you going to know if you agree or disagree with somebody unless they say it? You don't want everybody to be cutting up, chewing your food, and spitting it down your throat so you can live. That ain't living at all. All right. Uh, but uh, I do have that linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, you know, God bless the First Amendment. All right. So uh, college sports kind of sucking right now uh you remember when the big 10 actually had 10 teams i think the last time that was a thing i was in the fifth grade uh and that was a long time ago that was like three decades back uh and then they added the pet uh you know the 11th team which was penn state i remember that and then uh you know it, it kind of works if you tilt your head and squint and it kind of works if you tilt and squint with Nebraska, but you know you're now the tw you know you got 12 teams in the Big Ten, and then for whatever the hell reason they added Maryland and Rutgers into the mix, and now earlier this week this former this former Midwestern conference that is the Big Ten announced that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten out in California. And, I, and again, the closest Big Ten school to either one of them is Nebraska. And uh, they're also saying, you know, we got Oregon and Washington that wants to join too. And maybe, maybe Notre Dame. So basically, uh, the, uh, the Pac-12 is now done. It's done. And it's just, it's become kind of a farce now because everybody's joining uh, the bigger conferences to, you know, get more television exposure, make more money. Big Ten's got its network. They want more TV markets. They're thinking like the NFL now. It's not what it was. And one of the coolest things about the basketball tourney for uh, the Big Ten was like every now and again, it would alternate between Chicago and Indianapolis, two Midwestern cities. Now you, get, you throw New York in the mix. You got D.C. in the mix because of Maryland. Yeah, Los Angeles. Uh, it, it just does not have the same feel. And you can't tell me that money is ruining college sports when you have crap like this happen. I mean, you know, they want to pay athletes. And then, uh, you know, Deion Sanders, uh, he, he's a head coach now of a football team. And he's talking about how it's hard for his coaching staff to handle some of these guys that are going to be getting money. So his coaches need to make more money. And you think for a second that a guy like a Nick Saban is, or is, is going to take like a pay cut? 
Yeah, it's just you're just adding fuel to this big corrupted thing. Nothing's going to get better. And I'm telling you, it doesn't work for uh, for athletes when uh, you say, okay, we're opening up uh, the chance for them to make more money because you damn well know any guy that goes to uh, Notre Dame or Alabama or Ohio State, I'm sorry, the Ohio State, uh, you know that those guys are going to get a little more money than somebody that goes to an NCAA Division three school or a Mac school, Hello Ball State. It's just you're you're not making things better at all. And now the Big Ten has, uh, if I'm counting this right now, 16 teams, possibly up to 19, maybe 20, if everybody they say is joining is joining. And it's kind of diluted what the Big Ten is. And, you know, the SEC is adding teams. And there's pretty much only going to be like three or four conferences left at, by the end of the day, like in 10 years. It's just, it's it's kind of mind-boggling when you look at this crap. So, there's that. Also, uh, more money. Not going to change what you've already done. And uh, make your show less white. That's kind of the lesson I came from, uh, came away with. Uh, looking at the story of Marta Kaufman, one of the uh, showrunners for the hit show Friends back in the 90s. You might have heard of that. It was on NBC. It was a bygone era when people would actually sit down at a specific time of night and watch network television uh, when there was a little more content. And I can't say that Friends was super awesome, but it made its money. It made its fans, and it made a name for Marta Kaufman. Well, now she's upset. Because the show was just too damn white. Yeah, all six friends were Caucasian, if you didn't notice that. Which would explain why they were sitting around in a hipster coffee shop. Uh, that said, she has recently announced that she's donating $4 million to uh, diversity charities. Uh, just to undo some of the, the damage she did. Because she wasn't diverse enough. And I'm just wondering when Seinfeld is going to get his cut of the Marta Kaufman money. Because, I mean, basically it was the same show, wasn't it? I mean, you have neurotic New Yorkers sitting around talking about relationships and uh, neurosis. Uh, something that Seinfeld was doing quite well for itself. And uh, Seinfeld became a billionaire because of that. I don't think you're going to see Jerry or uh, Larry David, who's, who's pretty liberal, uh, do anything quite like that. Uh, because they basically did a show about the human condition. Marta is hand-wringing or the fact that she just didn't have a very diverse show. It, it really doesn't change anything. The show is over and done with. If you're really upset about it, uh, maybe do another show with a different cast that's a little more diverse. Or here, here better yet, go back in the Wayback Machine with me, because as uh, memory serves, as I mentioned, Friends was on Thursday night, must-see TV, along with Seinfeld. <laughs> and somehow, somehow nobody made the uh, connection that they were basically the same show. Um, but that was on NBC. Fox, the up-and-coming upstart network, had two shows on, Martin and Living Single. Martin, of course, based on Martin Lawrence's comedy, and the Living Single, which was basically Friends with an all-black cast. And it found its audience and was successful. I don't think anybody watching television, uh, no matter what your favorite show was back 20 or 30 years ago, was feeling the uh, discrimination that Marta Kaufman is letting on here. Because people found what they were going to watch. And, 
it's it's just one of those things, man. Different tastes. And there's nothing wrong with a white person watching Martin. There's nothing wrong with a black person watching Friends. But you're overthinking the cast thing. You you use you go with the cast that works best with each other and works best with the story. I remember uh, what was it? Uh, Spike Lee raising hell with Clint Eastwood years back. I think about uh, Flags of Our Fathers, which was a World War II biopic. Uh, and I got the book right here on my shelf. Uh, Spike Lee was upset that uh, Clint was using an all-white cast, pretty much. And Clint responded, hey, look, I also made Sands of Iwo Jima that year, which was a Japanese perspective on World War II. And it was a predominantly all-Japanese cast. I also directed the movie Bird about the jazz legend. And that was a predominantly black cast. <laughs> So, you know, it Clint kind of fired back going, hey, dude, I'm, I'm just using what the story calls for. And sometimes you don't think about it. And sometimes overthinking, it just makes it worse. So it's it's done, Marty. You don't have to give any more money unless, of course, it's the Jerry Seinfeld. As we all know, could use a little more of that money. <sighs> we got that linked up on the Mark Davidson Facebook page. Uh, also, oh my God, uh, because uh, people's spending habits are changing now that uh, these uh, fill-in-the-blank times are over or something, uh, you know, because back when COVID was a thing and you had nothing else to do in your life, you sat at home and you shopped, or maybe you uh, worked up the nerve to put on two or three masks and go to your local department store and buy a bunch of stuff uh, just to make, pass the time. Well, uh, now that people are buying less things... Stores like Target are backed up with inventory, so much so that uh, if you get the wrong product or you get a broken product, I think they'll refund your money, but they will not take your return. Some of your returns you will get to keep. And I'm thinking to myself, how could anybody abuse this policy? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I say this because my mom... She's retired now, but she worked in retail for a long-ass time. She worked at the evil empire that is Walmart. She worked the customer service desk. She worked with returns and refunds. And some of the things people would try to do without receipts was mind-boggling. She had people return grocery carts full of food for refunds. And her manager said, you have to do this to appease the customer. And some of this stuff was all spoiled. We're talking like rotting meat. We're talking melting ice cream. Yeah, sometimes appeasement is not the best way to go. And my mom would roll her eyes going, okay, whatever, I get a paycheck. But what could she do? And now you have Target, and, you, and I'm sure they're not going to be the only store that does this. Because, again, people's spending habits have changed. Things are a little tighter. There's inflation. Not everybody can sit around at home anymore and just buy whatever the hell they want. I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to get burned on some of this stuff. It's amazing that they think that this is a good idea. <laughs> There's no way in hell this works out. Um, but again, that's something that's going to make people that work customer returns at Target have blood shoot out their eyes. Uh, you can read up more about that on the Mike Davidson Facebook page as well. Uh, oh man, this is this is kind of a cool story. Uh, a couple things to wrap up before I go and before you go and listen to fireworks or return to work on Tuesday morning. Uh, there's a gentleman out in Newcastle that has made national headlines 
And it's a good story because it does not involve a meth lab. It involves a bowling alley. He bowled not one, not two, but three. Count them, three perfect games in one night. Back to back to back. He bowled a three friggin' hundred times three. Nine hundred. It would take me nine or ten, ten games to get nine hundred. Uh, but he did because I suck at everything. But he did it, man. Uh, and that's just a real cool story. You can check that out on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, yeah, me and bowling, like, it's always something that sounds fun, but then I get into the fourth or fifth frame of any game, and I'm like, I want to go home. Because there's just, I have no ball control. My arms are too thin. They swing. My wrist turns. And you, you have to know what you're doing when you're th lugging a bowling ball up there. Uh, but my hat's off to this dude. It's also, it's a very cool story. And uh, if, if he did it with three or four pitchers of beer in him, that's even better. Uh, so, congrats on that. Um, hey, uh, just to give you a heads up, uh, kind of uh, did the kibosh on guests uh, the last couple of episodes just because we were heading in and heading out of the 4th of July weekends, respectively. Uh, but I thank you, Kat. But uh, I am looking to have somebody in next week. Had a couple of guests, uh, just couldn't do it last couple of weeks too. So it's going to be either one of them or a uh, wild card that my wife suggested to me. Try to work them into the rotation. Uh, whatever you do the, for the 4th of July weekend or have done, hopefully you did it safe. And if you are listening prior to the 4th of July, be safe. Try not to be too lit when you light stuff up. Until next week, yeah. Stay fresh, cheesecakes. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 